This is KCLR Live. Good morning and welcome along to KCLR Live with Brian Redmond with you from now until 12. Coming up just after 10, it's back to school. But there's no place on the bus again for many this year. Councillor Dennis Hines will be just after the news at 10. Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services is in for our usual uh, financial chat. And leaving certain results out, but if you're not happy, well, now is the time to appeal. Guidance counsellor with the Carlow Academy, Owen Houlihan, will be telling us how. And also, after the week of her life, and now fully recovered from all the Rose festivities, our very own Carla Rose Quivadeering joins us just after 11 o'clock this morning. But now, at just gone 10, it's time to go over to Ashton Bolton Dowling in the newsroom. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie Yes, good morning and welcome along to KCL or live. Thanks to John Walsh for getting us all up out of bed and keeping us entertained right throughout the morning. But what have we got for you over the next two hours? Well, coming up just after our show introduction this morning, we'll be talking to Councillor Dennis Hines. It's back to school, but yet again this year there's no place on the school bus for many. If that's something you're experiencing, um, something that you're seeing firsthand in your area, do let us know. You can text or WhatsApp us on our Dinners Ready text and WhatsApp line 083 306 9696 or free phone us 1800 90 96 96. Of course, as always, you can email the show at any time Live at kclr96fm.com. It's amazing that we've had this issue crop up yet again. Um, Councillor Dennis Hines, I checked yesterday, was on this very show on the 18th of August last year talking about this exact same problem and we'll be speaking uh, to Dennis in just a few moments' time. Coming up later on, Jerry Farrell is joining us. Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services. If you've any questions for Jerry, again, do feel free to get them into us and we'll have a chat with Jerry. All things financial a little bit later on. Leaving cert results, we covered that all last week, but it's important that you remember all those key dates. And if you've got a result that you're not quite happy with, now is the time to appeal. Guidance counsellor with the Carlo Academy, Owen Hulin, will tell us how. And after the week of our life, I'm really looking forward to speaking to Kiva Deering, the Carlo Rose, to see has she fully recovered from all those Rose festivities? She'll be joining us for a debrief just after 11 o'clock this morning. That and lots more besides. And we've also got a little prize to give away. Yes, we did it yesterday and we're doing it again today. Our friends at Tremor Amusement Park, they want to thank you all, their customers, for their continued support during 2023. And to show their appreciation, we've got a book of 10 tickets to the amusement park to give away each day this week. We have a question for you. They're not difficult, but you will have to text or WhatsApp your answer to us on that Dinner's Ready text and WhatsApp line 083 306 like most amusement arcades and amusement parks, they've got lots of fabulous rides for you and to enjoy. But I'm asking you, can you identify the name of one of the most famous rides of all time? Is it called A, a merry-go-round, B, a merry-go-up, or C, a merry-go-down? Let us know, 083-306-9696. Get those entries in and we'll pick a winner for those prizes a little bit later on. Now, I've mentioned it already this morning. I'm joined on the show by Councillor Dennis Hines because yet again, 
this year. More than 25 students across Goran have found themselves without a school bus, as many have returned to school over the last number of days. Um, I'm sure Goran isn't the only area affected by it. It affected many parts of North Carlow and Tullow area last year. And as I said in the introduction, it was this time last year, the 18th of August, that Councillor Dennis Hines was here talking about the same problem. Good morning, Dennis, and you're welcome along to the show. Good, good morning, Brian, to your listeners. But you have me thrown now, you see, because I'm thinking of the ghost train. <laughs> well, a, a ghost train might be more applicable for getting some people to school this week because yeah. you said on this show almost exactly to the day, well, almost exactly to the day last year. Um, quote, unquote, this has been a problem for many years now. And here we are again. Is it, it's just a system is not fit for purpose, Dennis, or is there a more specific problem at play? It's, it's pathetic, is the best way I could put it now. Uh, I mean, in Gorn last year, for example, I'm using Gorn as the example now. Gorn had 18 students last year um, that were left on the side of the road. This year, we have more than 32. Yeah. Um, so we're nearly doubled what we were last year. And if you take somewhere like Gorn, um, Gorn has a, is, is a thriving community. Uh, there's a lot of development. There's houses underway. Um, there's further plans for further developments of 44 houses. Um, and the National School is getting busier. Uh, and we can't facilitate those with concessionary tickets to get them in and out of the Kenny. Um, now, if you... If you think back, I mean, years ago, going back to John Halligan when he was the minister, and I'm going back now to 2019, yeah. I mean, he said to us that him, uh, he wanted to put four million in to get buses, extra buses on the road uh, to get the kids to school. Never happened. Um, the, the, the funding didn't, wasn't forthcoming. Last year, when we had this problem, everyone not only in Gorn, but right around all of Carlow, Kilkenny, people were delighted to hear the Minister, Norma Foley, come out and say, I'm giving extra funding that anyone who had a concessionary ticket for the previous uh, um, school year uh, were going to be looked after. And that where a bus, a bus driver and a bus could be got, uh, they would get a bus, um, irrespective of whether they're concessionary or not. And everyone was delighted to hear this. Irony of irony, that bus Aaron, for some reason, we understand, never tendered for it. So everyone, for example, in Gorn, the 18 kids that were left on the side of the streets, who their families were delighted to think, yeah, ministers made this announcement in, in late September. But then nothing happened. No, there was no tendering from what we can see of a bus. Uh, they never looked for a bus. So if, you, if they were saying, we can't get a bus and we can't get a drive, that's fine. Where's the evidence? Yeah. It's not being sought. So where we are at the minute, we have today, we've 32 kids with no way of getting to school. Some of them are doing their leaving cert. Um, I've desperately tried to talk to CIE uh, to no avail. And the minister's office, when you try and contact, you get the same cut and paste response. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is absolutely very annoying. And, you know, last year, for example, while we were out protesting, we had a, a peaceful protest, which people really didn't want to do, uh, but they done it last year because they were so frustrated and disappointed. Um, and while all this was going on, we had politicians whining and dining and bringing Minister Foley around Kilkenny. And you have to say, what in the love of God is going on here? I mean, why can't these same ministers who publicly come out 
supporting the people. Why can't they ask the minister? Minister, what's happening here? I mean, you see the you see the to do what's going on at the minute in RT. Everyone is shouting and screaming, and this is not right, and that's not right, and why wasn't this exposed, and so on and so forth, right? Uh, and we're here with CIE, and we're saying, look, what's going on here? The minister's saying she'll give you money. Why ain't you tendering for the job? What What's happening here? Mm. Uh, why isn't this happening? Why are people being left on the side of the street? And then there's a review taking place. I'm sorry for rabbiting on, but I just so annoyed with it. Then there's a review taking place that the minister orchestrated in 2012, in February of 21, um, to look at concessionary tickets, to look at even the national schools, even in Gore's Bridge where I live, the national school there. We can't get we can't get the buses to pick up the kids on the way into the school. Yeah. Because they're within three point something, three point two kilometres. And, and, and we have a school who, where the numbers are dropping and dwindling because it's easier then to say, actually, I'll send them to some, I'll send them to a neighbouring um, um, area. So none of this is making sense. And all this was to be reviewed. Um, and still, the minister is sitting on that review. And not, it's not even been published or not even, not even being uh, uh, introduced or, or, or being, nothing is happening. Yeah. One it's, of the things, so one of the things the minister was very able to publish, I have it in my hand here, was a press release dated um, the 1st of June, and it reads as follows. Minister for Education, Norman Foley TD, today, the 1st of June, encouraged all families who require school transport services to complete their applications on the bus air and family portal before the closing date of the 9th of June. The bus air and family portal will then close on until the 30th of June 2023 and it will not be possible to make late applications or make a delayed payment or delayed entry of medical card details until the family portal reopens. This is necessary so that Bus Erin can process applications, arrange transport and issue tickets to families as soon as possible for the 23-24 school year. Bus Erin plans to issue eligible tickets from July. So it goes on to say many other things and details and prices and stuff like that but we have a situation based Based on you know this this press release that was issued on the first of June, where Minister Foley yeah at least appears like they're trying to get their ducks in a row, you know, getting everybody to get the applications in early so we can uh, make the necessary arrangements with Bus Erin. But yet you're saying Bus Erin didn't even tender for that process. What 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 I would say to you is that last year, this time last year, when I was on on, on your show here, um, with your predecessor. Um, when, Emer, when, when I was on the show this time last year, I was making the point that we needed funding to be made available so to put another bus on the road. And no child should be left behind on the side of the road. Um, and what happened was the minister came out in late September and said she was making available funding for any child that needed, that had previously a concessionary ticket. She was making available funding. She was going to contact CIE uh, in Waterford and tell them that, that, that they were to go and seek a bus and a driver so the kids wouldn't be left on the side of the road. Now, that's not happening. Families are not leaving kids on the side of the road, by the way. Yeah, I'm yeah. just using that as an expression. And the next thing is, the job is intended. So when, when it got to CIE, CIE, I understand, because I can't find it anywhere, I, I'm fairly confident, did not tender for uh, an extra bus in Gorn. So we can't say there wasn't a bus available, there wasn't a driver available, because there might be small contractors out there who would love that opportunity. 
Absolutely. Uh, I mean, people is cost of living would be quite happy to have uh, exactly. another run to do over the course of the week. Maybe we'll try and get in contact with you, see if they can shed any light on that I- I issue. Um, I mean, it seems extraordinary that I think people listening. Well, would you, would you be, I mean, you, you were talking about this last year and last year you were saying it's been going on for years. What do the people of Goran have to do? And I'm sure many other areas across Kilkenny and Carlow. What do they have to do? to be able to get a, a, a workable service to get their kids to school? What we need, what we need, what the people of Gorn and anyone across Carnival Kenny or anyone across the state at the minute needs, and by the way, Gorn was one of the worst areas uh, last year and this year. Um, and I haven't only been raising that this last year and this year. I, I've, been, I've been raising this back in 2019 when Paulstown was badly hit and parts of Coma was badly hit, and Morney Row. So I've been raising this now for a number of years. What's needed happening, what needs to happen now, is those that are in charge of giving the funding to CIE, i.e. the Department of Education, our elected representatives in government, need to stand up and need to make these people accountable. They need to make account. Uh, there has to be accountability and I am sick to death of hearing about reviews. I listened to it in John Halligan's time. I listened to it when the secondary school was closed in Goldbridge and Noel Dempsey's time. I've been listening to it for the last two and a half years about this review. The Minister Norma Foley announced back in back uh, uh, late last or the middle of last year, sorry, that the review would be announced late last year. So there's enough of this nonsense talk about reviews. What needs to happen here is if you're giving the money to CIE. Police the bloody thing. Police it. Make sure that the money you're given to someone is policed and managed. I mean, at the end of the day, this is taxpayers' money. We're given it. We're all given the money. Uh, it's been. It's. It's. And it just at the moment, I don't know where it's going. What's happening? I don't. So you can't portion all the blame to CIE. No, and I'm sure CIA are providing the services. I'm sure CIA are providing the services that they're being paid to provide for. But, uh, I mean, you've been going on about it, and I don't mean that the way it sounds, but you've been highlighting this for a number of years now. Um, You're not getting, as you said, any response from the department in relation to it. What about some of your colleagues in government? What about um, fellow TDs from Kilkenny and Carlow? Um, Surely they should be able to get an answer from the government department if you can't. Well, that's the point I was making earlier. I mean, you know, these are the same colleagues that would wine and dine with Norma Foley and, and probably being disingenuous and saying wine and dine, maybe a tea and a coffee, uh, in Kilkenny, tour in Kilkenny. Um, I'd love to see what answers they're getting from her because what I'm hearing at the minute is, oh, we'll blame CIE, oh, we'll blame CIE. You know, that's like, you know, the government then in the present situation with RT, oh, we just blame RT, it's nothing to do with us. You can't, you can't kind of put your hands up and say, man, do with me, someone else's fault, mm. you know? But if the bus is, if, if there is a bus for Gorn provided, which with the help of God there will be, if there is a bus provided for Gorn, everyone will come out and say, yep, delighted, I got that for you. <laughs> but when there's no bus for going, oh, nothing to do with me. I had nothing to do with it. And Dennis, what are you what are you hearing from parents on the ground? I mean, you know, there'll be parents of maybe children in fifth and sixth class who sort of knew this was potentially coming. They've experienced it for many times in the past. But I mean, there's there's new parents out there with kids going off to school for the first time. And as you said, like people are under pressure. You know, they're trying to hold them. Almost every household in the country has two jobs in it now as well. You know, it, it's a key service knowing that you've got a reliable, safe 
transport system to be able to drop the kids off at the morning, get them off to school, and then it's your job to go about your day and be there to collect them when they come back. How's it affecting people's lives in the Goran area? It's desperate. And, I mean, it was the same last year, and has, it, it's gradually getting worse um, because as more kids come from sixth class, um, you know, come out uh, uh, when graduate from national school, it's, it's creating a bigger monster. Um, and because it's a lottery, um, uh, the, the tickets, then what you have is kids that are going into sixth year are suddenly left without a, a seat on a bus. Uh, parents are having, I've spoken to parents who had to actually give up a job. Uh, and that's affecting their concerns for mortgages and, and other financial bills that they have. Mm. Um, so it is absolutely mayhem. We have um, a very strong view on cutting down on carbon emissions and all this, yeah. and yet at the same time we're putting more traffic on the road. Uh, it, none, of, none of it makes sense, but there is a, uh, at the moment, this moment in time the frustration is, 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 is crazy. Uh, some parents have got grandparents to help out to drive the kids in and out to school. So it's it, it's it's very, very difficult. It's mm. extremely difficult. And, you know, and I go back to what I said earlier again, like back in September last year, the minister coming out and saying, yeah, you know what, money is available. And then we don't see it being tendered to her. Um, I don't see, I didn't see it. Now, I stand to be corrected. If someone can say, no, there was tendered and no one went for it. Uh, but we didn't see any tender. Okay. We were constantly contacting CIE. But at the minute, the parents are, I've spoken to parents who are extremely, extremely emotional. Um, you know, what do I do? I'm in a position, I have to get the kids to school. Um, I've had, we've had major hiccups, even within CIE itself. You contact them, it's almost, it's virtually impossible now for me to get a call back from them. Um, where they send out tickets for students and the wrong addresses on the tickets. Uh, and then to try to tell people you put the wrong air code in when we know they didn't put the wrong air code in. Uh, and suddenly then people have been expected to drive two miles up a road to an area that they never even, that they were, you know, that to, to, to have their kids picked up. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of difficulty. And that's, that's not just in, in Gorn, that's right around now. That's, that's happening all around the place. And Dennis, um, I mean, be, before, we, before we wrap up, I just wanted to sort of um, say it to our listeners out there, if there's anything that you're experiencing and you've got any knowledge of what's going on in your own application, stuff like that, that you wanted to let us know and shed a little bit of light on it for, for other listeners out there, do get in touch. Oh, wait. 3306 that's that dirty text and WhatsApp line Dennis you've been dealing with this for years now and um, for parents that might be experiencing it for the first time what do the weeks and months ahead look like for them is it likely that they'll get a bus service did those that were left as you said on the side of the road last year did they eventually get a bus is there any hope well when this came up in 2019 initially and I went up and there was a man there in Paulson who came up to me Jimmy Drennan and we met with John Halligan who was the then minister at the time uh, we were reasonably confident that this was going to be sorted. He was going off, as, you know, to get four million, and he was going to put all these extra buses on the road. Nothing happened, um, and we had it then for subsequent years thereafter. And again, we had it last year, um, uh, where we tried to meet with Norma, uh, with Norma, but she, the minister, wouldn't even, re- you know, wouldn't meet us. Um, and we we get the usual cut and paste. Uh, responses and mm. I would say to you at this stage that it's going to be a difficult winter ahead uh, am I optimistic of it being sorted I have to say at this stage no I'm not uh, unless unless we get at this stage our elected reps to stand up and say hold it enough is enough but you see the, the kind of thing that happens here and I've heard it being muted by the way what happens here is 
Ah, look, people will be going mad there for a short spell, and then you know, yeah, get over the, yeah. and that's it, and then it's gone, right? But but we can't. It, it's not a case of just burying your head in the sand. Just ignore people. Don't get too involved in it. Um, you know, the late Bobby L was up to him. You know, I remember him in Ballyhale, and he working tirelessly down there as well, um, trying to help people down there. But we need all the elected reps. We need all the people in government now to step up. Uh, and try and do this. I mean, I know Kathleen Function has been trying to help me in the doll. We haven't had any success there either. Yeah. But look, we need we need people now to step up. We need all the elected reps. That when Norma Crowley comes down here the next time, and she's going around the street of Kenny, come out and meet the people in Gorn and explain why why they've been forgotten. Yeah, come and then it's just it. just finally, there's a, a texter on to me here saying uh, there are 47 children on the Dungarvan Gorn route uh, to Kilkenny without buses, according to what we have heard. That's this particular texter. Um, they say, can you ask Dennis uh, what we should be doing? They say they've actually set up an appeal on appeals.ie. Um, is there anything that these people standing on the side of the road with their kids waiting on a bus um, can be doing more than they're doing at the moment? Well, you see, you see, this is why I'm, 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 I'm asking the minister to meet with us now, to meet with us now and try and sort it out. I mean, I and I appreciate your time and the radio station's time, and and you said you contact CIA, and what would be great is to put pressure on the minister to meet us because that's really what we need now to help all the kids in Dungarvan on that road going into Kilkenny as well, um, because there is the, the the future doesn't look bright now at the minute. Mm. Um, and you know it could well be 47 I've had 32 contact me that's why I've been saying 32 um, I don't have the actual figure definite figure and it, I, I did hear 47 last night uh, but I've been working off the names of the kids that have contacted me that which is 32 yeah. so if it's 47 that's even worse again 47 yeah. kids left on the side of this road is not good enough at all and we need we need the minister now to say you know what I need to meet the people in Gorn and see what in God's name is going on. Gorn is probably, Gorn, Dungarvan, all that area is probably one of the worst hit areas in the country uh, for school services at the minute. And as I said already, Gorn is thriving. It's, it's going well as a community. It's building, it's developing, the community is growing, which is brilliant to see. Uh, and we need the government then to come in and work with, with us on it. Councillor Dennis Hines, thanks for your time this morning talking about, uh, yet again, uh, the delay in uh, children being able to get to school because of a lack of school bus services. 26 minutes uh, past 10 o'clock. I'll have a look at some of your texts and WhatsApps on that issue after this short break when I'll also be joined by Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services. KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Yes, you're very welcome back to KCLR Live It's 28 minutes past 10 o'clock this Tuesday morning Keep those texts and comments coming in and, and do let us know if you're a parent struggling to get access uh, for your child to those bus service Text her in saying Just listening, Brian and like everything else it'll be a case of well, we were never approached or we never got the memo and um, they'll blame each other What is needed is a new company set up that operates a school-based run only 
Oh, I don't know if that'll be commercially viable, but maybe an idea worth looking at. Have enough buses that will cater for school runs, get rid of the bus errand altogether. Uh, this mess will only continue unless the government steps in and works from the ground up instead of from the top down. Well, Councillor Dennis Hines was saying he was trying to work from the top down. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe working from the ground up is the way to go. We shall find out. Now, uh, delighted to be joined in studio as always by Jerry Farrell. Good morning, Jerry. Hey Brian, good morning, good morning to the listeners. Are uh, you feeling that frustration of people trying to get their children to school? So my youngest is 20 <laughs> now, Brian. Uh, so you're at the I, point where you can get them to pick you up from I, certain I've places. I've them through the be. gap and through university and all that um, nightmarish... Uh, um, How does it feel? And, and the third one is, is halfway through. How does it feel? Do you feel like you're out the other side or have you still sort of... Do you know what, for anyone listening, there is light at the end of the tunnel and it is an expensive process, but I it's, keep telling mine there's light at the end of the corridor, it's the front door. Absolutely, <laughs> but, it, but it is worth it for sure, absolutely. Um, college costs, I mean, as you said, you've got some in there yourselves and we've got a couple of bits and pieces that we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about the role of the financial advisor. We've got some frequently asked questions from listeners as well, which we'll come to in a moment. Um, but college costs, you know, we're talking about buses and primary school costs, but it doesn't stop, does it? Yeah, and it, it seems opportune, doesn't it? Because tomorrow is um, uh, CAO, CAO uh, first round offers, yeah. I, I believe. So very, very exciting time for all our young men and, and women up and down the country. So very, very exciting time and a very stressful time for the for the bank of mum and dad, for sure, in terms of the cost of college and the cost of, particularly if our little Johnny or Mary is going to live um, away from home. So it it is a very, very expensive time. So I kind of break it down into three little groups, Brian, really. And and the first group is the group we all want to be in, and that's those parents or guardians or family members who are prepared, who have the college place or the sorry the accommodation and they have been saving or they have the wherewithal to cover the costs for Johnny and Mary over the next number of years. Do you think that cohort is smaller than it may have been in the past? I mean I'm thinking about the amount of people that might have had to dip into savings during the COVID pandemic for example you know we've got two grand five grand ten grand whatever put aside for for Mary or Johnny who's going to be doing their leaving cert in two or three years time. Yeah, and all of, all of the numbers, all of the numbers, Brian suggest, uh, and we can only go by the information to hand. But all of the numbers suggest that we have more savers now than we've ever had, and that uh, uh, when you take COVID as an example, uh, we built up a significant wall of cash in mm. COVID. Um, uh, many families up and down the country because you couldn't spend the money. So the so uh, I would imagine in that first cohort of people I'm talking about that there's probably more now than there had okay. been heretofore. The second cohort are those uh, mums and dads or guardians where uh, their little Johnny or Mary about to head off and between, for whatever reason, uh, and most of it is down to the cost of living for sure, they haven't got the, the, the actual finances in place perhaps. But what I would say is don't stress, not too much because it's never a barrier to getting uh, your young person off to college or university or into that third level placement. It should never be. So there's lots of supports out there. So Susie is the first point of call. Yep. So if you qualify and it, it's a fairly rigorous process, but it's quite Just fair. Just give us, if you can, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit now. What are the sort of thresholds for Susie type applications? Yeah, and, and this is all under review. Brian, um, and in, in, I know uh, your previous contributor was talking about the Minister of the Minister for Education, so I, I do know the Department of Education are looking, and we probably see 
uh, in conjunction with the Minister for Higher Education, you'll probably see something in, in October's budget, which is only a few weeks away, where we're going to see the expansion in terms of both uh, from a means tested. So Susie is means tested. So it's based on income uh, and that's income of the individual student who's heading off to third level and the family. Um, so mum and dad. So it's based on the previous year's income. So that's the first thing. And it's also based on any other assets to a point. So and it is gradated. But I think we're going to see some scope in that space uh, in, in the coming weeks. So that's that's good news. But for that cohort of people who who may feel like uh, we're not ready financially um, to get our our young people off to college, um, the, as I said, there is support. Susie being the first point of contact, your local credit union being a really, really valuable source of support by way of finance through third level and, uh, and or your local bank uh, or building society. But remember, you don't have to pay it all in the one go. And that's the key piece as well. So managing that budget over the next three or four years is really, really important. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in relation to the credit union um, because I was obviously under the old school thought with the credit union oh sure I haven't got a credit union account I haven't been saving with them there's no point in going anywhere near them but I've been told that actually it's very much different now you don't necessarily have to have a long standing history of saving X amount you can actually go in almost like you would to a bank and make a general sort of application yeah, and in and, and some respects, better than the bank because they are still community focused. So that's that's really, really important. And then the other piece, of course, is for that cohort that we're talking about, that second cohort is, remember, there is a responsibility on the young adult too to contribute. <laughs> so that, we've never Who had... Who are you talking to here now, Jerry? <laughs> we have never had um, in in our lifetimes uh, an economy where there are more jobs than there are people and we have more jobs now. So our young adults should be supplementing and supporting their parents on that journey. And then the third cohort are the cohort of people who will be listening today who would have been getting um, or, or preparing this week and, and over the last few days to get their children off maybe to starting secondary school or, or maybe on a journey through secondary school or even maybe in primary school and if they're listening this morning now is a good time to be saving in preparation for whatever it looks like when, when your little Johnny or Mary gets to 17 or 18 and one of the options to consider now even though it doesn't meet, meet or beat inflation, but it is more attractive, is the fact that our banks, our pillar banks, our main banks, are now offering actual positive returns on deposit rates. So that's important to take a look at, Brian. So that's that's really the, the college cost. Now, of course, it's an intergenerational thing, and we find that too. So you'll find that it's not just a bank of mum and dad. It's sometimes the bank of granny and granddad also help out Um so it is, it's a family enterprise, but I would always stress the importance of, of having your young person acutely aware of the costs, the pressures, the stresses, whatever, uh, without it being overbearing, but understanding the, 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 the cost and value uh, associated with third level education. I'm in the inside of the Irish Daily Mail today talking about boost for savers as uh, Bank of Ireland um, about to increase deposit rates to 3%. Yeah, we haven't seen this for a very, very, very long time. And so when people are are now considering uh, putting a savings plan in place, they should not discount our high street banks um, because uh, coming to uh, a financial planner, a financial advisor, typically might steer you towards a a product that is insurance-based and is therefore risk-based. And that's fine if we have time. 
and if we're willing to accept a level of investment risk for our savings. Um, but if we want some determination about what we're going to get when we get there, well, then maybe it might be just best to consider sticking with the post office or with the bank. And you're talking about that, that security of the banks. I mean, it sort of leads into that security obviously comes from some of the, the the regulation around how the banks um, operate and getting good financial advice is key. But there was an article in the uh, the Sunday Times at the weekend talking about the role financial advisors. How key is that role and how important is the relationship between you and a financial advisor if you're looking for one? Well, you're not going to be surprised if I say that it is, is absolutely <laughs> key. Of course it is. But it's not for everyone. And that's the yeah. truth of it, right? And Why not? Like, well, some people like to do their own research. So, uh, and we have never had. But shouldn't you be doing your own research anyway? Because I mean, no matter whether you're going to a financial advisor or you're getting a fella in to to, to to do a bit of work in the house, you know, and he says, "Oh, yeah, well, it's going to be about twenty grand for me to tile that bathroom wall there." You shouldn't have a bit of an insight in terms of what you're doing and spending with your own money. And remember, uh, Brian, and you're not wrong, but remember, there is a plethora of uh, of sources of 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 A, information, and B, advice. So if we're, if, if we're happy to go through our high-street banks, uh, typically it, it's, it's about understanding that the advice is restricted or tied to one provider. So that's important that people know that. That's not a negative. That's just a fact. Uh, so you so, so you're saying certain financial advisors may have tie-ins with certain financial institutions and like a car salesman, you're not going to go into a Volkswagen dealership and look to buy a Ford. Exactly. So if we take every single high street bank, and we haven't as many of them from a competition perspective as we used to have, but if we take every single high street bank, every bank and building society operating in this jurisdiction, except for one pillar bank, all of them use one life company to provide life cover, pension and savings advice. Mm. That's important. And the other one uses its own life company. <laughs> all right. So So that's really important to know. And then if you talk about Independent financial planning, that can, so that's about searching the market, but the market is, is, is quite tight. There's only six life assurance players in the Irish market in yeah. any event, but it's about understanding what product you're looking at, okay. why it might or may not fit into your circumstances uh, at your current stage in life. So a bit of a sort of common theme to all the advice you've given us so far this morning, don't panic and prepare. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I was a Cub Scout. Be prepared. Be prepared. prepared. Well, listen, are you prepared to stay until after a little break? Because I've got a few uh, quite interesting questions from our listeners that I'd like to put to you. Jerry Farrell is going to stay with us here and we'll be back with you after this. KCLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Kilkenny, Carlo, KCLR. You're welcome back to KCLR Live. Our text and WhatsApp line is sponsored by Dinners Ready. It's 083 306 And it's how some of these very intelligent questions that we always get sent in for Jerry arrive to our doorstep. And it's the part of the show that I enjoy because Jerry is now showing his inherent knowledge and skill when it comes to the financial sector by dealing with questions that he hasn't had time to check up and prepare for in advance. Jerry, text her in saying inheritance tax is 30 This, I believe, has to be paid within three months, and I presume they mean within three months of inheriting an asset. However, if the property on the market takes longer to sell, surely the time span should be taken into account from when the property is sold. So basically, it sounds like somebody has inherited the property, inherited the next bill coming, but the property hasn't sold yet. Does that sound fair? 
or write? Yeah, so the piece I normally get involved with in here, Brian, is preparing to avoid the tax piece. But oh, avoid and tax in the same sentence. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, not evade, <laughs> avoid, uh, legally avoid. And so there are plans you can put in place prior to receiving an inheritance that you could uh, help mitigate against the tax liability. But that texture is spot on. It is 33%. This is capital acquisitions tax, this is. So you've acquired an asset. Um his or her timing may be slightly a little bit off. So if you acquire the asset anywhere between the 1st of January and 31st of August in a given year, you must file and return the payment of the tax due. That's 33% of the gain of the asset of, or the asset you've acquired by the 31st of October in that calendar year. So if, God forbid somebody passed away in, let's say, middle of the summer and you know they've gone through the whole process with the wills and all that type of thing. And, you know, middle of August... Uh, solicitor's letter arrives yeah, yeah, all done and dusted you are now the proud owner of so and so's property oh and by the way you're going to need to come up with 66 grand for a 200 grand property by the end of October because the revenue will be on to you looking for that it yeah. seems a bit of a stretch for people and, and and there's a little bit of anomaly too because if it's after 31st of October August in, in a given year you have until the 31st of October the following year to right. file it so it depends on, it. on when it happens so work with your accountant and work with your solicitor to make sure that um, you, you're not caught between two stools and the piece as well is uh, just to be aware that there are exemptions so there are capital acquisition tax exemptions how much so they they're small, so it depends on the threshold you fall within. So for that listener, for instance, if he is the son or daughter of the person who left the asset, the first 335000 is tax exempt. So that's good news. That okay. needs to be higher, but that's a different story for a different perhaps day. The second threshold would be for, say, for instance, nieces or nephews or blood relatives. And maybe this is this individual is that instance in this case. And the threshold is 32,500. Mm. So if you that example you gave of 200,000 inherited, sorry, a value of the property is 200,000. The first 32,500 is tax exempt and yeah. the remainder is taxed at 33%. And the third threshold is that of a stranger, we, we call it, or, or the law calls it a stranger. So somebody gifts um, somebody else. Yeah, it might be a uh, neighbour that you were looking a neighbor after. Or, or yeah, like an that, old yeah. friend or something like that. Uh, and it's interesting. And, and, and again, it's a conversation for another day. But more and more today, we have a young and not so young couples um, who are not in civil partnerships or are not married. And they may have other assets from that they've built up over over their lifetime, and uh, they may potentially be posing a significant tax liability on their beloved, on their loved one, yeah. should they die prematurely. It's an interesting one. So again, it goes I'm not back telling to preparation. people to rush out and get married or anything like that, but it's about preparation. You're uh, right. You want to be a fairly good chunk of inheritance coming before <laughs> some people might consider that as an option for sure. Um, but again, it's about being aware and being prepared and, and knowing what the options are so you don't find yourself in a situation Correct. like this Absolutely. in terms of dealing with that. Uh, second question in, um, myself and my wife are in our 60s. We've the whole, we have whole of life cover but it's the cost of small mortgage now. Uh, what should we do? Yes, this is a, I come across this quite a bit. So back in the day, we did have whole of life life policies being written uh, and put in place for individuals and for, for couples. And most of these policies are reviewable. And as we get older, 
the review only means one thing, that the premium is going to rise. Now, the life company will offer you the option of keeping the premium as it was, but reducing the level of cover, yeah. increasing the premium to maintain the level of cover. Uh, uh, but as we get older and as we live longer, they tend to get very, very expensive. And I'm talking about hundreds of euro monthly uh, expensive so it depends on the family circumstance uh, it really does uh, there are better options available out there today in terms of whole of life cover where there are reviewable options where uh, there's cash back options actually after periods of years but that's not this situation for this individual or this couple so what they might want to look like look at is well have I any debts outstanding yeah. uh, are the kids done for I mean financially are they off the payroll and and if so <laughs> Why do I need life cover in the first place? So we need to be asking those really important questions. Do we need it actually? Yeah. Um, uh, or do we need the cost associated with it? Or can we put something more modest in place that's not going to cost a okay. fortune? Yeah, so all options to look at. Jerry, as always a pleasure having you in. Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services. Um, if you want to get questions in ahead of next week, you can email the show, KCLR Live at KCLR96FM.com. We'll send them on to Jerry. And God forbid, if he needed to do a bit of research to give you an answer rather than just showing the skills off the top of his head that he normally has, he can do it in advance. 12 minutes to 11 o'clock after a short break, we'll be talking. Yes, leaving certs. Not everybody, of course, was happy. And if you're not happy and wanted to consider a review well guidance counselor Alan Hoolan will have all the advice that you need KCL or live with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card the perfect gift for all occasions see fairgreen.ie Kilkenny Carlo KCLR yes you're very welcome back it's Brian Redmond with you on KCLR live well for the last week we've been celebrating all the good news stories the happy people around the leaving cert results but what if you're not happy, well, now is the time to appeal. And guidance counsellor with the Carlow Academy, Owen Hulin, is going to tell us how. Good morning, Owen. How are you? Good morning, Brian. How are you? Listen, there's a couple of different people that we're probably going to be talking to this morning. There's those that uh, will probably be devastated that a particular result didn't go their way and they just want to challenge that result. But there might also be the cohort who think maybe, you know, an extra 2 or 3% here or there make, make the difference in terms of college courses. It's a very important time for people to consider their options around appeals. Yes, absolutely. And I suppose to explain that whole appeals process, um, so what happens today um, at 12 noon, um, students will be able to go into the career um, or into the student portal um, and they will be able then to look at their individual subjects and what grades um, they got. Um, so if a subject, say, had project work or work, um the, what's important to remember here is that the percentage grade is not given, and um, so students will have to calculate this themselves. Um, and some of the things maybe to watch out for, for when they're looking at their at their at their scores is say if their score, say if they got a H three in Irish or whatever it might be, um, and then they look then at their scores then and they got seventy eight point three. Um, then it might be worth a while then uh, maybe to have a, a look at that script because there could be a chance there that their uh, grade could go up and could go up into a H2. Um, so it's definitely worthwhile um, having a view of your script. Like That doesn't cost anything in terms of just looking at your grade um, uh, today and, and just see if you are disappointed or felt 
that maybe there's an opportunity there to go up a grade. Um, in terms of viewing the scripts, then, there is a very kind of short window of that. So if you want to apply to view the script, that opens at 5 p.m. today and then closes at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. So it is a very short window, um, so students need to be um, aware of that. Okay. And then in terms of viewing the scripts, then, uh, there's two ways. Most of them were corrected online. There's like 26 corrected online and some of them in person. Um, so the ones that were done manually or in person, um, you um, talk to your school and you make an appointment for next Saturday um, morning or afternoon, um, and you can go in and actually have a look um, at your script. What you're not allowed to do is you can't bring a pen uh, or a pencil or any writing implement uh, in case you're accused of maybe adding to it. But you can bring in your phone and you can take a picture of it um, of the paper and then go off and have a look at it. Um, and then those that are looking at the ones that were corrected online, they can download it as a PDF. And then using the marking scheme then from the SEC website, they can start going through the paper um, and it might be worth your while maybe asking your teacher. Now, there's no guarantee that your teacher will be available uh, to do it, um, but sometimes teachers are available mm. and, and certainly could help in that process. So when you talk about viewing the script, on, you're actually talking about the physical paper, the exam that you completed way back when, yes. towards the end of May and June. And of course, many people will look at rose-tinted glasses or maybe will have forgotten how well or how, how you know, the bits they missed here or there. And of course... Now, parents aren't always the best at truly assessing how well little Mary or little Johnny has done. Is there any help or guidance from the teachers in terms of them looking at those scripts and going, well, I don't know if I'd be appealing that because, you know, 78.3 is actually a pretty good score um, to get an expert opinion on those scripts? Well, listen, I suppose there's no guarantee that it will go up, but there has been appeals over the last number of years, and students do go up. Now, there's also a risk, like, if you, like, if you go and view the script, so I suppose in terms of viewing the script, you're not, that's just you going and having a look at it. And if you feel at the end of that, and say a teacher is with you and looking at it, no, there's no, well, then that's the end of that process. But if you do see something and you say, well, actually, no, I really feel that I should have come up with grade there, or your teacher, or whoever it is, might be with you and say, no, I think there's a good chance here. Well, what happens then is that next Sunday, the 3rd of September, um, that appeal uh, process um, opens, um, and it will close then at 5 p.m. on Monday, the 4th of September. Um, so next Monday, that, that closes. So again, it's a very short uh, window. And basically what students do is they go on to the candidate self-service portal, they uh, tick the box of whichever subject they want to appeal, and then they get a um, a form then that they fill out. And, and my advice will be to give as much information here in terms of why you think that the examiner who's going to recheck this, why you should go up in a grade. And um, so you're telling them if you go to question six B, this is what I feel, and um, I should have. I feel I should have got the points for this. I didn't get it. And um, and you make your argument. Um, in a very polite way, you know, you're, you, you're kind of using kind of polite uh, kind of language there around that, and then you send that back in. Now, there's no date for when these will come back, but the S the, um, the SEC do try to very quick, as quickly as possible try and get the um, the, the 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 recheck back to students. Yeah. So, in some cases, then the recheck comes back, and they may have gone up. There is a chance they will go down. But in some instances, then, they won't change the grade. 
Now, there is, again, another appeal process that they can go by, um, and you get an independent person then to recheck the paper. And there have been cases of students then who have gone up in the second appeals um, with it. So, you know, there is lots of options there in terms of the of the appeals process for students. Yeah, it certainly sounds like a complicated circumstance, but maybe a potentially very, very valuable one. Um, when you talk about value, are there costs associated with making these appeals? Yeah, so there is a cost, it's 40 euro per exam paper, but if you do go up a grade, then that money will be uh, refunded to you. And so, yeah, there is a cost, but as I say, if there is, if it does go up, um, then you will get, uh, you'll get refunded um, that money because, you know, you, you, you're, you're entitled to, to go up that grade. Um, but as I say, all of this is on the self-service portal. Um, again, there any guidance counsellor will be able to talk them through this and help them um, through this process. So I would say definitely if you feel when you look at those results and you look at those grades today on the student uh, self-portal and, and you see, oh, you know, I, I, I'm closer there to that next level, then I would seriously consider then maybe... Maybe I'll just have a look at that paper and see if it's worth my while and uh, maybe appealing this, particularly for students who lost out and you know or potentially lose out on on on, on a CAO offer. Yeah, it's definitely worth their while. You know. Well, Onhulan from the Carlo uh, Career Guidance Counselor from the Carlo Academy, appreciate your time this morning and talking our listeners through what will be a very important, nevertheless difficult and complicated circumstance to go through. Two minutes to eleven o'clock. Um, news at eleven is obviously two minutes away. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie Weekday things from 10 till 12. This is KCL or live. And coming up after the news at 11, we'll be talking to Carla Rose Quiva Deering. I think she's recovered, but she's certainly recovered enough to join us in studio. We'll be hearing how the week of her life was as she participated in the Rose of Tralee Festival. And Edwina Grace, with announcements of the uh, withdrawing of the constituency boundaries, brings us all the latest needs to know from the uh, Electoral Commission review ahead of that announcement tomorrow morning. Also, on Kerry, travel expert, on Corey, apologies, travel expert, will be joining us to tell us about the chaos in UK airspaces created delays, cancellations right across Europe. That all between now and 12. But at 11.01, it's time to go over to Ashling Bolt-Delding in the newsroom. I got a text in from a listener there a few moments ago and it got me thinking about something, so I'm going to get your opinion on it first of all. Uh, before we get into it, are you a, a bit of a shopper? Uh, yeah, I do a fair bit, let's say. A fair bit? Oh, she goes, yeah, sort of all coy and then bit. finishes it. I do a fair bit. I know, I've gotten better. I, I'm trying to cut down the shopping because I'm like, I don't need all this stuff. It's fine. Online? Uh, no, I prefer going in person. You I like order, to make a day of it. See, I've got this thing about online shopping and the text that I got in sort of um, backs me up on this because I'm always like, but they just leave the stuff at the front door. Yeah, actually, we have that issue as well. They just leave it outside and all like the packages get absolutely drowned because it's always raining, obviously. And yeah, they never even ring the bell to see if we're in or anything. They just leave it there. Well, I, I don't order, I don't do much shopping at all, but I don't order online that much and sit and waiting on something. And it wasn't that cheap either. It, was, like, mm. well, it wasn't thousands, but it, was, it wasn't a cheap little Amazon purchase either. And it was like, bing bong, your thing is being delivered. And I was like, oh, brilliant. It went out. I was like, <laughs> nothing at the front door. Oh, no. I thought, okay, we've got we've got the bin stores around the side of the house. They can get maybe they left it in there at the rain. Yeah, nothing. Couldn't find it anywhere. Sent a text. 
sent a WhatsApp, even used the old Instagram, you know, oh, yeah, blue tick things. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm looking for this, it hasn't arrived yet. No, couldn't find it anywhere. Until two days later, went out to take the rubbish out. Somebody lobbed it over the side fence. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was sitting. Now, thankfully enough, it wasn't water damaged or anything like that, but the guy had tried to deliver it, nobody in, and instead of knocking at a neighbour's door, or as you said, leaving it at the front yeah. door, lobbed it over the side fence, and there it was, sitting in the back end. Oh my god, we get we have a gate at the front door, and they just throw it over the gate. Yeah, and yeah. doesn't matter. I yeah, it could be breakable, but nope, over the gate it goes. Yeah, this texture that was on to me now is he reckons that. Well, he doesn't reckon. He's asking the question: Is there any chance that the couriers could be sticking this into a separate? I don't know. I mean, you're not going to accuse any courier of doing anything uh, dodgy in any way, shape, or form. But um, it's always been a bit of a thing for me. If I can, mm. yeah, I think if. It, I prefer shopping in person anyways, but... Um, you see, yeah. I hate that as well. Do you? Oh, See, clothes man. shopping, I'm very tall, oh. so I have to go oh. in person oh. to try stuff on because oh. it just won't fit me, but yeah. Oh, you know, I have a young daughter and a wife, both who enjoy a little bit of shopping. They're not too bad, but okay. they do enjoy it. But I don't get how there's this thing with me where I could walk 10 kilometres around the golf course and be hopping around the place for the afternoon, two, 300 metres in the shopping centre, and my legs are hanging off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll stick to the online shopping. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Yes, you're welcome along to the second hour of the show this morning. Edwina Grace um, has a package for us later on. She's going to be talking in that package. She's not actually delivering the package. She's been out getting people's opinions on the uh, potential redrawing of constituency boundaries. That news coming um, from the Electoral Reform Commission. And that review will be published at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Nice and early, just about enough time for us to sift through it all before going on air at 10 o'clock. We'll be hearing what Edwina found out when she was out in about around about 20 past 11 this morning. And chaos in UK airspace creates delays and cancellations right across Europe. Travel expert on Corey, he'll be joining us at around about 20 to 12 so we can find out a little bit more. And, of course... We've got some fairground tickets to give away. Yep, our friends at Tremore Amusement Park. They want to thank you all for the continued support right throughout 2023 and to show that appreciation. Um, They've given us five books of ten tickets in each book for to go and enjoy all of the fun of the fairs today. We gave her one away yesterday. We're giving another one away today. The question that we've got for you today is one of the most popular attractions at any fairground is A, a merry-go-round, B, a merry-go-up, or C, a merry-go-down. If you can text or WhatsApp us on 083-306-9696. The dinner's ready. Text and WhatsApp line. Um, you can uh, get those entries into us and uh, we'll give away. Those book of ten tickets to somebody before off air today, but now it's time to do a little bit of this. Yeah, we had to really, didn't we? We're joined in studio by 
our very own Carla Rose. Queen Deering, yeah, good guys. morning to you. Thanks a million for having me. <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to ask you a question because for about six months of the year, the Dancing with the Star- Stars theme tune, and yes, we're back. That was announced <laughs> yesterday. We're doing that again in January as well, but we'll deal with that another day. Sort of follows me everywhere I go. Are you sick of listening to this tune now? I'm kind of hearing it in my sleep at this stage, I think. <laughs> Waking up. Well, talking about sleep, did you get much sleep during the Rose, the Rose Festival? Not going to lie, we didn't. Um, so we were up fairly early every morning. The schedule was jam-packed, which was great because we, we never had a minute to kind of take a minute to ourselves. Um, and then we come back in the evening and I was sharing with the lovely Ali, the Offaly Rose. Mm. And we think it'd be a great idea to have everyone back to our room. So <laughs> we we didn't really get much sleep. Um, <laughs> so so you were the party room. The you? party room, yeah. The the kind of the debriefing room is what we ended up calling ourselves instead of the the party room. So it didn't sound too hectic. Okay, um, the debrief. I like that debrief. debrief. We're going to have a debrief in inverted commas. Yeah, Listen, yeah. first of all, congratulations and thanks to you from thanks everybody here at KCLR and all the listeners from Carlo in particular. But I'm sure Kenny want to wish you well as well. Thank uh, you. You did a great job of representing the county. Were you? proud to take that mantle on a hundred percent um like my brother plays for the county footballers and we have a big competition in our house with football and sports um so i think i've won one up to now at this stage <laughs> <laughs> i'm in an international festival so uh yeah no look i was so privileged to represent carlo um on that platform and yeah I just hope I did everyone proud and obviously you guys can't see this at home she's still wearing her sash (laughs) the sash is still glued to me (laughs) yeah the sash and and the the little badges from Tourism Ireland and the Rose Festival and everything else as well now that's obviously something that's going to go into a little memory box somewhere at home for the future yeah yeah, 100% so I'm still the Carla Rose for another year so it's two years um, Mm. it's the same with the Kilkenny they kind of alternate yeah around Molly Coogan is still technically the Kilkenny Rose even though she wasn't in the Rose Festival this year yeah exactly and it's it's really nice that you still have the the year after um, so yeah I'll be keeping the sash for another while and then yeah frame it or do something up nice with it when when it's all over well tell us about you when did your want to become a rose sort of uh, was it something that was always there or was it just you know some people will say i just thought i'd give it a go yeah to be honest i've always watched it especially with my nanny sheila um i would always watch it in her house and it was kind of the end of the summer before you'd be going back to school and uh, it was something i always enjoyed watching it was something probably I never thought I would do myself. I'm obviously a lot more sporty, and I didn't know if I'd kind of suit the suit the, ro- the rose <laughs> model. Had to be more girly, girly. To be yeah, around. yeah. I think that was just kind of the perception I had, and then obviously when Carlo happened, um, I was kind of humming and hawing for weeks about doing it, and two weeks before I was like, "Cop on, why are you not putting yourself forward?" Yeah. I put myself forward for anything else um, that I could, so I said, "Look, I'll give it a go." and Ended up in Tralee. So, <laughs> I'm just here. I don't know what I'm doing. So t- take us from the point whereby you have been is crowned the right word selected. Or selected. Or okay, yeah. so you've been selected as the as the Carla Rose, and then there's this sort of window of a few months between when that happens and the actual Rose Festival kicks off. Yeah. What goes on in that period of time? You know, do the Rose Festival get in touch with all the various different roses who've been selected and start a training process? Yeah. Or how does that work? <laughs> kind of, they'd be keeping you up to date with different things. So you're invited to different events um, in the run-up to the festival itself. Um, and then you can do fundraising events as well for charities. So I did three fundraising events um, for three different charities at home. And yeah, my summer was jam-packed. I had a table quiz and under 12 girls football blitz mm. and 
what was the last thing? Oh, a, a fun day in the shop I used to work in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then for three wordy charities. So I kind of didn't really have time this summer. It was just go, go, go. But I'm, I'm so delighted I did everything I've done. So that little bit of charity work, very important, fills the gap between the selection process and the Rose Festival. Exactly, yeah. Now talk us through the real deal, the Rose Festival. <laughs> you all meet up and you go on this sort of uh, national tour together. You're sizing one another up, I suppose, all the way through that tour. What was that experience like? Oh, it was out of this world. It was uh, nothing that anyone can prepare you for. Actually, quick question. Do, does Di O'Shea and Catherine go on that tour with you or do they just pop up every now and then? Pop up na- every now and then. So, yeah, it's kind of just the 32 Roses we met in Wexford on the 11th. Um, I can't believe I'm saying the 11th. I was only home Friday gone there, so I was gone for two whole weeks. Yeah. It's 29th now. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, we all met up on the 11th, first time 32 girls met. And, yeah, the tour started then in Gorey, in Wexford. We were in Wexford, Meath, Kildare, Offaly, uh, Longford, Limerick. Um, so, yeah, it's basically... So, it literally feels like a, a, a journey towards... Trilly, Trilly. both metaphorically and geographically. Exactly. They're literally bringing you down the road step by step as you get there. Yeah. Um, what was the experience like down in Trilly? Oh, amazing. Like, yeah. I just, I couldn't get over the crowds of people. Uh, the parade on the Saturday night was definitely a highlight. So there was about seven floats and 32 were split up between the seven different floats. And you kind of come in through the town and the crowds on the outskirts, we thought that was a big crowd. And then we got into like the main part and... Honestly, Packed. out with this word, class yeah, is the yeah. only word for it. Listen, I, I, the, one of the things I was delighted to hear you were coming in today because I wanted to get a bit of a, an insight into the judging process. Okay. Okay, because when we watch the Rose Festival on the TV, we see the Roses, which we should. Yeah. We see the two presenters, but the judges sort of skulk around at the back. There might be a little nod to the judges and, you know, Dohi or Catherine Michael, the judging panel this year, and you get little, yeah, yeah. little Oscars moment, you know, when the camera pans to them for a second. How snaky do you think the judges are? I mean, they're with you the whole time. Do you think, did you, did you feel on edge? Did it feel like a big brother type thing where, God, I better not, you know, wipe my nose and my sleeve because the judges are watching. <laughs> you know, how does that feel? Look, to be honest, they call the first day we met the three judges, it was Nicola, Nula and Ollie. Um, they kind of just came in and had a few brief words and said, at the end of the day, they weren't there to be critiquing anyone. Oh, I, rubbish. Yeah, now I, I kind of went in and I was a bit apprehensive about them been there but that's the room you want to be in <laughs> the judges room I'd love to fly be a, fl- a fly in the wall yeah they'd be like oh did you see her one? Oh my god did you hear what she said and did you hear that and the other look they uh, put our minds at ease straight away and they were up there was different events on every day there was a family barbecue one day and uh, a table quiz my mum and all were at it and the judges were nearly having more crack than the rest of us so <laughs> I'm sure they were. They, they were they are they were lovely and the three of them they really put our minds to ease and um, you kind of just forgot they were there. At the end of the day, we were having so much crack with mm. the other girls and you kind of just seen them passing. But yeah, the interviews then the same. They they weren't serious interviews. It was more like a chat. We had 10 minutes each and it, the 10 minutes flew. We were just having it. Like, I'm sure there's some sort of psychological chat. technique in that. You know, they're trying to get you relaxed <laughs> and off guard. Yeah, break it up. Um, so you arrive down in Trilly. You've got the whole Rose Festival over the weekend. We then come to the live TV shows. You were on night two. Night two, yeah. Were you were you um, contestant? Is that right? Again, the right word is, it? is Rose yeah. two on night two. You were quite early Night's, in the running order. Yeah, it was number four. So that's just RT. They put... Yeah, the roses in randomly, and yeah, I was yeah, delighted randomly. I was on. <laughs> <laughs> I was delighted I was on night two because my cousin Sarah is twenty one on the Tuesday. So oh, brilliant! Yeah, um, it was great for her, and 
yeah, the the TV was probably the most apprehensive I was about, about at all. I think you kind of forgot that that was what you were there for at the end of the day. <laughs> we were having so oh. much fun. We were like, oh, actually, we yeah. have to go on national television. Damn, <laughs> we've got this other thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, how did you feel during night one? Was night one something that relaxed you, knowing that you weren't going to have to be on until the following night, or did it actually build up even more tension? During the night one, I was delighted that I was until night two, and then at the end, when the girls were like, "Woo, we are free, we can, <laughs> we can go on," and um, we can go for a debrief. Yeah, they were going for a debrief. I was like, oh, "I wish I'd been on on Monday night," but look, it worked out well, and yeah, there's no difference. Night, you're just kind of have to go up there at some stage. So. And of course, isn't it? We're oh, ready. We've, we've had a crack, right? Yeah, we're going to get a bit serious now. Okay. So, um, interviewed by Catherine Thomas. Yeah. Fellow Carlovian. Yeah. Um, fellow female. Yeah. Do you think it was justified having a second host on the show, along with Dahi? And do you think it was done for any reason other than just to tick a box? Um, look, I think Dahi has always done a brilliant job. Yeah. Um, I think now, in the modern day, it's nice to have female and a male and... I think they both did a great job and the, either host I would have been it didn't matter if I had got Catherine or Dahi. So oh, no, let's, no, no, everybody wants to be interviewed by Dahi, don't they? I think some of the girls <laughs> did want to be Dahi. I kind of wanted Catherine for the Carlos yeah, side, course, but yeah. I was happy with either. I think we were able to have crack with both of them and that's all I wanted at the end of the day was yeah. to kind of feel at ease and not that you were going up and been actually interviewed on stage. Um, when I went up, you didn't, feel like you were in front of cameras or the dome itself and um, it was just a chat with myself and Catherine so no look I think the, the two of them did a great job and I think it's a really positive thing so yeah All right, well, let's continue along that lane the festival itself obviously has changed a lot in recent years in terms of uh, the types of people that can enter and based on their backgrounds and stuff like that we've now got male and female hosts yeah. are there any things left that you think the Rose, Fest- the Rose Festival should consider or might need to look at around you know Include more being more inclusive, more inclusive than they are at the moment in terms of future applicants. Um, could you ever see? Could you ever see a situation where, for example, do they let transgender people? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Do you think they should about though? that? I personally wouldn't have an issue, but yeah. um, look, it's changing the whole time. Modern society now, everything's going to be changing as we can see. Social media, everything like that. So, look, I think that's something the festival has to. Consider. consider whatever they feel but yeah no I think it, it's moving along with the times which is great to see so. yeah talking yeah. about going forward I mean yeah. what are we now 29th of August you've had your fun and there's plenty still to come I mean as you said you've got another whole year uh, of being the Carlo Rose yeah. but uh, what will Quivadeering be doing in two weeks time say two weeks time I'll be back to school uh, in the classroom with <laughs> with all the guys so yeah I can't wait for that now to get back to normal Um Football's obviously we're in championship at the minute. My under twelves are playing actually tonight in their semi final A. So how are they going to manage? I mean, you haven't been around doing much coaching over the last couple of weeks. Oh well, I was if their semi final had been during the time when I was in Tralee, it wouldn't have been good. I was checking my phone every day to wait for the fixture, <laughs> so I'm delighted it's on tonight. And yeah, I only missed one championship match myself, so I'm looking forward to getting back to a bit of normality. Uh, hopefully, do another fundraiser coming up to Christmas and. Yeah, just enjoy it and enjoy it, yeah. yeah, meet yeah. up with the guys whenever we can. 
Um, I'm sure they're dying to get you back into school. I mean, as you said, you're teaching, um, you're not you're finishing your degree, but you're also, uh, as you have to do, out doing a little bit of experience as you were teaching in Bolton Glass in the secondary school, boys and girls. Yeah. Um, you're looking forward to getting back in the reception of the staff room. Will they roll out the red carpet for you, <laughs> do you think, on the first day back? I'd say so. I've been getting so many texts from them all and they're so good over there. So it's only over the road. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back and especially meeting all the new first years. Um because I was there all last year and kind of seen them all develop from the start of the year to the yeah. end. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them all after their, their summer antics. And if there is one of those first years listening this morning, going, oh, there's Miss Deering on the radio. <laughs> um, what, what would you say to any of those uh, young women that are out there who maybe, like you, remember watching the Rose Festival with their own grandmothers and they're into those teenage years now and they're maybe a bit too... I was going to say too cool for school. Maybe they're a bit too cool for the Rose Festival. But at some point in the future, might consider taking that mantle on. A thousand percent and I think like it is cliche to say that oh it's the best thing ever and all this and I don't think anyone fully understands it until you're in the bubble I never expected the opportunities I've had or the experience I've had the friends I've made to be as significant as as it was Um I'm really sad that's over in a way the the whole festival but the friends that I've made from it we are we're already planning meetups and what we're doing at Christmas and places we're going to go. So yeah, a thousand percent, I would recommend it to anyone. It was a once in a lifetime experience, and I'm so glad I did do it. Well, on that note, we're, <laughs> we're playing a little bit of the Rose of Tralee. It'll probably be the last <laughs> time you'll ever hear. Probably. <laughs> there you go, Queen Deering. Thank you. The current Carols. Thank you very much for joining us on KCLR Live this morning. Thanks, uh, lovely to meet you. And if you haven't met Queen, I'm sure you'll get a chance to meet her at some sort of event here or there at some point during the remainder of her term. It's 23 minutes past 11 o'clock. After this short break, we'll be hearing from Edwina Grace ahead of that constituency review report being published tomorrow morning. My man. With a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Kilkenny, Carlo, KCLR. You're welcome back to KCLR Live. It's 26 minutes past 11 this Tuesday morning, the 29th of August. Do keep those entries coming in for our amusement park tickets. Um, tickets, books of 10 tickets available uh, to go to Tremor Amusement Park. The question we've been asking you this morning is, one of the most famous attractions at any amusement park is it A, a merry-go-round, B, a merry-go-up, or C, a merry-go-down, 083-306-9696. Also, lots of lovely messages coming in for Quiva. Um, tell Quiva she's more than welcome to visit us at Bolton Glass Hospital in the future. The residents there would love to meet her, and that comes in from thank you. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, get Quiva to put that into her diary, Angela. I'm sure she's going to be very busy. And yes, you're right, she is lovely. Now, 27 minutes past 11 o'clock, with announcements of the redrawing of constituency boundaries due to come tomorrow morning, potentially, Edwina Grace brings us all the latest need-to-knows ahead of that Electoral Commission review publication tomorrow morning. Let's see what she found out. How Carlo and Kilkenny will be represented on the national political stage in the future may depend on a special publication due out tomorrow morning. At 8am, Ireland's Independent Electoral Commission will outline its recommendations for constituencies across the country, taking into account the population rise. Each TD is expected to represent 20 to 30,000 people, which would see this area returning six deputies, but six seaters have been ruled out. So will Carlo and Kilkenny become their own county-specific three-seater constituency 
counties or will sections of either or both fall under neighbouring counties? For example, South Kilkenny to Waterford or East Carlow to Wicklow. Here's what people in Carlow had to say. But I'd like to see more done because there's nothing being done in Carlow. Would you like to see Carlow represented by more TDs if it was put out as its own Defin- constituency? Definitely more. More would be better because then, you, you know, if you can have a... An opinion, like they can, they can have a chat with each other and see what has to be done. Like something has to be done. Like there, there is an improvement in the around the town in the ramps and all that kind of thing. But I don't think there's a whole lot being done, really. What would you like to see TDs fight for for Carlo? They need to regenerate the town. I do think Tullow Street and that needs yeah, to be, yeah. you know, it needs to be cleaned up. To be honest, I do think that. And yeah. I think the council are probably yeah. trying, but do you think they need more political ah, clout? We need, yeah, we need we need our own so they can just concentrate on here. I think. Like you know, coming in, people coming into Carlo, right? And they're seeing men in the Ulster Bank. They're living, and he has a bed there, and what have you. I mean, it's ridiculous. Something should be done there with a house them, or put them into a house together or something. What would you like to see happen in Carlo? Yeah, a hospital maybe. Why? Because I think we need it. We have a lot more people. I think a little old general hospital for, you know, a broken arm mm. or a broken leg or something like that, I think would yeah. help. The, Definitely. Yeah. One suggestion is that Carlo would become its own constituency and would get three TDs. How would you feel about that? Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. Because at least we know that we have three of our own people there to help us with what we need help with. Like Because it's a bit hard at the moment like, for, like, I see our own homelessness and then, like, what others come not that giving out about them or anything yeah, yeah. like that, you know what I mean? But they're trying to house them quicker yeah. than our own, do you know what I mean? Like, And I know a few people around here, like, it was only on Google News just about how many of our own actual Carlo people are homeless, do you know? So it might help, it might bring a boost into the situation to, like, help with the idle houses, because like, there's so many idle houses that are vacant there that they can go into, like, do you know? So it could be used yeah, to help our own and help the Ukraines, obviously. But you think if Carlo had more representation from within the county, that yeah, could help? they should, yeah. They need a lot more. On Wednesday, we're going to find out what possible changes there would be to the Carlo Kilkenny constituency. Some think Carlo might be sent out on its own with three TDs for the county. Others think it might have part of it shaved off to give to Leash or, or Twicklow. How would you like to see the next um, shape? To be honest, I don't know one thing about politics or government or anything, so... I'm the wrong man to be asking that question. Do you care at all who's representing you? I don't really have much interest, no. I don't really know much about TDs and things. And do you think they're um, impactful at all? Do they do much for the area? Ah, they do, yeah. They do their best, I suppose. Yeah. You know, so people will be giving out about them, but sure, they can only do and give what they have, you know. So Out of the five-seat constituency, Kilkenny and Carlo, Carlo has one TD. Would you like to see Carlo on its own with three full TDs just for Carlo? Or? Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be better, yeah. People have more of a choice to go and see who they want to know instead of just one level. Would you feel more like Carlo's been fought for at a higher level? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have a good college and all here now so, and everything else and things are looking up a bit, aren't they? I know you're not old enough to vote yet, but on Wednesday we find out if the Carlo Kilkenny political constituency is going to change shape. Some think that it might see Carlo having its own constituency with its own three TDs. At the moment, one of the five TDs is from Carlo. How would you like to see Carlo represented? Um, honestly, I'm not really sure. I don't really know much about politics. Well, say the county at the moment has one TD from the whole area. Would you, would you like to see Carlo being represented by three TDs, just three from Carlo? I mean, yeah, sure. Any representation is good, I suppose. What would you like to hear? Um, 
I'm not sure. I I went away for the summer and I came back and there was a bus. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> surprise. So that was nice. Um, that's nice for people who like always like they can't get lifts into town or something, or like even for like the elderly, if it's like hard to walk far distances, you know, the bus is a very nice thing to just quickly catch into town. So I think that's very good. But other than that, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. And yourself, would you like to see Carlo represented by its own TDs, or do you think is it being represented well at the moment? Um, I think it'd be great to have a little bit more representation like all it can do is like help you for the better what would you like to see in carlo the bus is great that's the new thing i love the bus so i don't know really what i'd like to see but it'd be great to have a bit more representation so you're from carlo but you're here in ferry bank what do you think of the carlo kilkenny constituency do you feel represented at the moment yeah i think carlo is not represented enough no at the moment for anything like for housing or health or anything like that we don't have anybody like you know of the five current sitting tds only one of them is from carlo what would you like to see happen would you like to see carlo separate from kilkenny and have its own three tds or yeah 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 that, yeah, that would be a good idea yeah well we'd have more you know we'd have uh, more people to you know sort of represent us like you know yeah as far as and what would you like to see for carlo I don't know, I suppose same everywhere, I suppose housing problem, health I suppose, health and, and, and housing, yeah, yeah, things like that, like, yeah. Does it annoy you that the main hospital is in Kilkenny, that you have to travel from Carlow to Kilkenny or, or, or maybe elsewhere in the country? Or? Oh, yeah, 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 we could do it, uh, yeah, we could do it some sort of a facility, yeah, in, in, in Carlow, where you could go for small things, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I'm down here today in Fairbank. I'm out at the, pri- the primary care centre for my hearing. <laughs> about a hearing check. But that would be very handy if that was in Carlo. In the, they have a care centre now there at the bank. They have, uh, you know, you think they'd have something, somebody, you know, that could come there and do, you know. Actually, there's no hearing thing that can, can call that lady told me. There's none. So you had to come from Carlow to Ferry Bank yeah. to, to, to get yeah. looked after today. Yeah. Yes. And do you think um, extra TDs in Carlow, could that change? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, well, yeah, the, yeah, it could, yeah. And what would you think of this part of um, Kilkenny could also be given to Waterford under the new Boundary Commission as well? Do you think it's so far from Kilkenny City, only over the river from Waterford City? Yeah. How do you think people here could be best represented? Yes, yeah, well, it should be, I suppose. But your water's only, yeah, yeah, not far from Waterford, I suppose. Yeah, it should be into it. Yeah, should be well, yeah. Staying in South Kilkenny, asking people to choose between Kilkenny and Waterford is always divisive. In Ferrybank, one man told me he believed the area at Leverew should form part of Waterford, that city being closest. But not all were of that opinion. Uh, when I say Kilkenny, because the, our, our politicians won't do that really for us. You know, we, we're, we're looking for changes with the buses and everything. So no one's doing that for us, you know what I mean? What kind of changes do you want? Well, with the buses to be on time and um, well, looked after the trees. Look, all well, the trees are overgrown here now and everything. Do you kind of feel in Ferrybank that you're between uh, Kilkenny and Waterford? Yeah, we are no man's land. Yeah, yeah, because we've been looking for something now and they've become knocking on the doors now and they've promised you everything, but they won't do that. What would you hope for Ferrybank? Would you hope that it stays within Kilkenny, or would you like to see it go to Waterford? I hope it stays in Kilkenny. I mean, we still have a job now. We don't know when when the shopping centre is going to open. That's the, that's the, our main issue, you know. And do you feel is anybody fighting for Ferry Bank at the moment? No, I don't think so anyway. But that's that's the oil now. Twelve months. We're saying it's going to open. When it's going to open, we don't know. You do have the transport hub. The work is underway on that here. Um, that'll make a huge difference for this area. Actually, now, but now when the schools are going back, it's going to be mayhem here now because this morning now. 
I was I was coming up to the road. You know the way the Abbey College you have to come in. They're just parting there. Every, you should come to, come down here now. Some evening there, four o'clock. And it's there. The bus there's a bus have to come up around there, the bus can't even get up. Something they'll have to they'll have to do something. I guess a parking space for the schools or whatever. I know it's not their fault, but something's going to have to be done. Maybe you need a TD from Ferrybank sitting here in Ferrybank? Yeah, we would, yeah. We definitely need somebody. In Sleeve the mood was very much for staying within some shape of a Kilkenny constituency, while in Kilmacow the vibe was similar, though some could see merit in being overseen by Waterford. Yeah, that's the other side of it, because we do all our shopping in Waterford, so why not be part of it? That's the other side of it. Do you feel in South Kilkenny represented as it is? No. By TDs? No. We're too far down. So do you think you're too far away from both Washford City and Kilkenny City? Well, more so Kilkenny, yeah. yeah. So it might make sense then to fall in under Washford TDs. Do you, do you think the TDs in Washford would, would do much for South Kilkenny? Mm, that's debatable. Would you like Kilmacow to fall under Washford TDs or Kilkenny TDs? Oh, Kilkenny TDs, definitely. Why? Oh, we don't like the Washford people at all. I'd imagine you, you like them a little bit, but not enough to ha- be governed by them. No, no, we don't want to be governed by them. Kilkenny is Kilkenny, and... Waterford is the far side of the bridge, so that's the way we look at it. Do you think, are you looked after enough by the Kilkenny TDs, or could you be looked after more? Oh, we could be looked after more, but right. still, what can we do? What would you like to see in South Kilkenny? How, how would you like to see it, it uh, improve a bit more? Or? Oh, to look after the elderly and different things like that. Do you feel sometimes, is South Kilkenny forgotten? Yes, certainly, certainly forgotten every now and again. You'd like to see more? Might see more, yeah. But for you, you want to stay very much with Kilkenny? Well, definitely, we do. We'll find out tomorrow what the recommendations are and the impact that'll have on the shape of the Carlo Kilkenny constituency going forward. Stay tuned to KCLR for more. Because these things will change. Very honoured to be in a grace there, getting the views of people on the streets ahead of the uh, constituency review. Uh, it should be published at about 8.30 tomorrow morning. We'll have a good look through it and see if those people got what they wanted. Really, really quite interesting. A divisive topic, nevertheless, and some people saying they're quite happy for the Waterford people to stay on the other side of the bridge. Um, but nevertheless, it is key to the ele- upcoming elections and uh, on a smaller scale, all of those little things that get on people's goat, that affect people's daily lives. Um, which constituency are you going to be part of? How will it affect the political parties themselves as the potential um, for change comes their way? Don't forget the their country's constitution says that there should be a TD for every twenty to 30,000 people um, within any particular area. So although texters often say to me, um, as one has just now, do we have too many TDs? Do we need more? Let's get the ones who are already there to get their fingers out. Uh, constitution says it's something that we have to look forward to, um, something we have to deal with, and we'll bring you all the latest information as it comes to us tomorrow morning here on KCLR Live. It's 21 minutes to 12 o'clock. After this short break, we'll be talking travel chaos with Owen Carey. KCLR Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Yes, it's uh, 18 minutes to 12 o'clock this Tuesday morning with Brian Redmond with you here on KCLR Live. Well, if you were travelling yesterday and managed to get where you were going, you were pretty lucky because chaos in UK air sports space created delays and cancellations right across Europe. Joining us to tell us what happened, what the knock-on effect will be and how long may it be before things return to normal. Travel expert and regular contributor to KCLR Live, Owen Corey, joins us this morning. Good morning, Owen. 
Good morning, Brian. So how quickly, at what point yesterday did we start to see um, the result of this um, glitch, shall we call it, within the air traffic management systems within the UK? Yes, Brian, oddly enough, it was solved um, at about 14.45, quarter to three yesterday. Identified and rectified was what the statement said. But try telling that to the passengers who were facing delayed flights. A further raft of cancelled flights hit Dublin in the afternoon. Right, We lost uh, 27 outbound, 35 inbound. And we also have flights gone this morning, further cancellations, nine outbound from uh, Dublin, three from Cork and one from Shannon. So the whole uh, delays, uh, the slots that were missed, the crew that were out of hours, all of that has going to take a little while to work through the system. I do expect by this afternoon things to be pretty much back to normal. I mean, the issue began yesterday morning. It came from the headquarters of the National Air Traffic Services in the UK, um, where all the various flight plans are actually filed. Uh, Owen, were you surprised to hear that an organisation doing such important work as they are um, could be subject to these type of failures? Not at all. Tech failures are um, part of uh, all our lives. Anybody who's uh, updated a mobile phone or got a new mobile phone knows that uh, it takes a little while to get used to it. I gather a software update triggered a series of problems yesterday. And tech, you know, the area there, uh, aviation industry is very heavily dependent on its tech services. Uh, Aer Lingus had an outage that caused the bag check-in to go down last Saturday morning. Uh, BA were out of uh, out of commission for about two days, so it doesn't matter how big you are, uh, your IT can start going wrong very quickly. What uh, seems to have happened is it uh, the system started feeding in out of date flight plans, old flight plans, and overloaded the system, randomly putting them in. Uh, it slowed everything down. The decision was made to that this may have safety implications. Let's say somebody gets the wrong flight plan. So let's go back to what we used to do before with pen and paper. Everything slows down. Mm. Uh, it means that as the airlines are told that they have to, um, uh, the number of movements has to be reduced. And uh, airlines were told that flights would have to be either delayed or cancelled. In some cases, 12-hour uh, delays to get lost. For Ireland, a bit of a drama because to get to Northern Europe, you have to fly through UK airspace. All our airlines affected. Ryanair, Aer Lingus uh, had cancellations, but also Lufthansa, KLM, and uh, Air France, who uh, don't fly uh, to uh, to Britain, but found that their overflights had to be cancelled. And also, that's a big drama because Charles de Gaulle, Amsterdam, they're big hub airports. Uh, people fly there to go elsewhere, and if your flight to Amsterdam is cancelled, you've got a non uh, an onwards problem. And then, on, it's not just flights in and out of the UK that were affected both yesterday and continuing through to today. Uh, anybody flying through or near UK air- airspace may have had knock-on effects. What's the current advice to travellers here in Ireland who may be looking to depart um, or may be listening, sitting by the pool on the KCLR app, getting ready to head home? Should they be checking in with their airlines before they head to the airport? Don't fresh. The airline will contact you. The technology works. Everybody uh, that has a cancelled flight gets contacted. Ryanair say, check your app. Go, you know, have a look at the flight status. Um, We have a little bit of a problem in the early stage where the flight status was still saying on time. And then the postponements, the decisions on postponements uh, had to be made. 
uh, airlines were getting their own information from the uh, air traffic control people. Uh, the video, the conferencing stopped around midday. Um, the that the airlines then were left a little bit of a problem getting information, but certainly the passengers were left with no information. A big learning out of that is that passengers really need to be better informed. That was yesterday. This is today. Far more shape to it today. So when the cancellations come, you will get informed. And the airlines, it is the airlines' problem uh, to get you to exactly where you want to go. A lot of the consumer issues come with people rebooking themselves and looking for the money back. But it is the airlines' problem to get you to where you want to go. Compensation is quite separate, but it could be a case where uh, airlines have to pay compensation, particularly when the cancellation happens a day after the problem was rectified by air traffic control. That's the sort of thing that takes a little bit of while to understand or uh, what the what, how the court system and how the EU, famous EU two six one is treating it. Mm. And obviously, you're a highly experienced traveller, and we were heard reports of obviously Britons being told that they had to sleep on floors across European airports, and even fists flying apparently in Palma. What do you think it is that causes people who face these type of delays to react in such uh, drastic ways? Yeah, there's an English problem with this. If Ryanair, who are big international airline, will tell you, uh, almost all their air rage incidents are to a couple of cities in England. Don't tend to happen with Spanish, Irish, uh, Italian uh, passengers to the same extent, uh, if at all. So um, what seems to have, you know, there, there's sort of stories about people being told or oh, the crew were, were tired and had to go home. The crew were actually out of hours. And that supposedly caused a couple of uh, enraged people to uh, start uh, throwing fists in Palma. Um, people are stressed by travel. People, you know, I don't understate that if you're traveling with your family. But the actual rage stuff seems to probably be related to a certain um, type of uh, certain demographic, a male demographic, and perhaps with alcohol consumed. And I suspect that's what happened in the very spectacular headline incidents that are being reported on Sky News and elsewhere. Uh, passengers across Europe were 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 really problem had a real big problem with the lack of information, and that's the real issue that they will try to identify and and uh, consumer bodies should be trying to rectify. Yes, and of course the UK government moved quite early yesterday to confirm that they had ruled out a cyber attack as being the cause of that. That was obviously uh, quite good news to hear. Yeah, it's a spicy, one of the spicier rumours like uh, Russian airspace was closed again yesterday uh, as a result of drone activity. It's been uh, um, part of the the, uh, one of the developments of recent weeks is that while Ukrainian airspace has been closed effectively since the invasion, Russian airspace has been closed sporadically. So one of the spicier rumours was that this was some sort of revenge attack, uh, uh, cyber attack to try and close UK airspace. Um, you can't... Uh, you can't be certain exactly what caused it immediately, but as it only caused a slowdown in movements, it's unlikely to have been something as as spectacular and as um, the sort of sensational news that people like to run with. But it's unlike it's a highly unlikely scenario. I do think that they will have to look at backup systems and say, uh, why did this happen so quickly? And as you know, Scotland was the first smell of it. We got Logan Air had to curtail uh, flights 
early in the morning. It was the first sign that things were going awry, but it seems to have been concentrated heavily in Scotland and heavily in London, and London's a big deal because so much of our air traffic, 30% of Ireland's air traffic is still to and from the UK, mm. and so much of the UK's activities around the London region, the, uh, the, I was going to say the five airports, but there are effectively three busy airports in that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, on Corey, travel expert. Thank you very much for for shining some oh, light on the pleasure. cause of that thank this morning. You. A pleasure always talking to you, on Corey, travel expert, telling us um, why um, that situation occurred and giving us the advice that if you are about to travel um, or are abroad waiting to get home, um, don't panic. The airlines, if they need to, will be in contact. It's the minutes to twelve o'clock. We'll be back in a moment with some music from Picture This. Picture this with you and I taking us towards the end of today's show. It's uh, four minutes to 12 o'clock. John Keane will, of course, be keeping you company right throughout the afternoon. Some great music and all the entertainment chat as well. He'll be with you between 12 and 4. We'll be back with you um, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Well, as I said, we'll be looking at the uh, latest announcements in relation to the constituency boundaries redraw. We got some very interesting opinions from Edwina Grace, who is out talking to listeners right across the two counties this morning. Thank Thanks to all our guests, Councillor Dennis Hines, discussing the fact that we're still waiting for kids in Castlecombe in particular uh, to, to get those school buses. Jerry Farrell from Castleview Financial Services joined us. Owen Hoolan talking leaving cert results and the possibility to appeal those results if you need. Creeve Deering, Carla Rose was in studio and Owen Corey, travel expert, telling us about those delays in the UK. One last little piece of good news to bring you. Of course, we've been asking you all morning um, to identify the well-known fairground attraction. Is it a merry-go-round, a merry-go-up or a merry-go-down? Well, there's some sensible people out there. Veronica Reddy from Bagnellstown being one of them who correctly identified, of course, that it's there's no such thing as a merry-go-up or a merry-go-down. It is, of course, a merry-go-round. Congratulations, Veronica. You have won those book of ten tickets to the fabulous Tremor Amusement Park. And they're willing and wanting to thank everybody who supported them right throughout the year. They are on the way for you, but don't panic if you didn't pick them up today. We'll have more of that for you tomorrow. Do stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back with you from 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Take care. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie.